following conversation originally aired on The Points on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced show focusing on people and events in Central Oregon. You're listening to The Point. I'm Jackie Elliott here with my co-host Carolyn Eske in the KPOV studio. And today we're joined by Derek Hoffbauer from Cascade East Transit. So welcome, Derek. Thanks for having me this morning. Yeah. So listen, I just introduced you as you're from the Cascade East Transit, but that's not true, right? There's some overseeing... Uh, organization that you are work for. Yes, yeah, so Cascades East Transit is operated by Central Oregon Intergovernmental Council. Mm-hmm. And so that is uh, that organization has been around since 1972. So we're actually celebrating our 50th anniversary this year and it you know, it's a regional government. It's a, it's a council of government. So a lot of the, the counties and the cities participate in our organization and we do things like community and economic development. We run the public transit system. We do adult and youth workforce education and um, youth summer programs for for the workforce. So it's a, it's a pretty broad organization. Transportation represents about 70% of COIC. So we do a lot in terms of moving people around Central Oregon. Wow, well, yeah, we're going to get into that. Well, it's interesting. Now, when I first moved here, I worked for COIC, mm-hmm. and uh, public transportation was non-existent. But I do remember attending quite a few workshops where all these community groups and governmental groups and educational groups were coming together. But that was the 90s. So when did we start getting public transportation in Central Oregon? So we started getting it. Um, the city of Bend took it on, I think, around 2006 or 2007, and and then um, had a couple years of running it, and then they turned it over to COIC and Cascades East Transit, and that was around 2010. Um, we started working with the Senior Center to provide dial ride to um, seniors in our community and also started to work on a regional transit system that you know brought people in as far as Warm Springs and uh, down as far as Lapine into Bend and Redmond. How are you funded? So we are funded primarily through the Statewide Transportation Improvement Fund. And this was, um, it's a payroll tax. It was enacted in 2017. So it provides funding for all of the transit agencies across the state. And so basically, you know, it's about a tenth of a percent of a payroll. So everybody who who works in Central Oregon pays about a dollar a week out of their paycheck. And that goes directly to public transportation. It can also be used for capital expenses like mobility hubs and um, operations and, um, you know, facilities and buses and things like that. So it's a very flexible funding source. We can actually use it as a local match to match federal funds. Mm-hmm. So we can leverage those dollars for other grants. And it's really been instrumental. It's been a game changer for our organization. We are not a transit district, meaning we don't have our own tax base mm-hmm. compared to, you know, TriMed in Portland or Lane Transit District. You know, they have a general fund. They've been collecting taxes via, you know, a property tax or something like that. Corvallis uses the utility tax to pay for their transits, and we don't have that. So we're very reliant on these grants, and we just had a funding solicitation cycle come now for the twenty three twenty five biennium. So, you know, we we base a lot of our operations and a lot of our planning on those funding allocations. Mm. So... What grade would you give to (laughs) the transportation system in Central Oregon? The whole transportation system, I'd give it a B. Okay. You know, for the for the public transportation system, I mean, we have we have regional coverage. 
we're working on having more frequent connections. You know, so we do provide services all the way up from Warm Springs all the way down to Lapine, also on the east and west side with Prineville and Sisters. So we do provide those connections for community members to come to come through. And you know, what we're doing now is we're trying, at least in Bend trying to work, you know, collaboratively with the city to start developing mobility hubs. And what mobility hubs are are places where there's a lot of different transportation options that come together. So you'll have a bike share system. You know, the city just rolled out the electric bike share system through Bird. Um, You could have a park and ride. You could have some kind of on-demand shuttles. You have Uber, Lyft, drop-offs. So in essence, people could use those to, you know, instead of driving all the way into into Bend, they can kind of park their car like in, you know, in the northern area of Bend or the southern area or the eastern area um, and hop on an Uber or Lyft or hop on a bike share. Also has amenities like, you know, a little coffee kiosk, maybe a food cart. And so these are, you know, some placemaking, wayfinding. So places where it makes it a little more uh, convenient and reliable to use our public transportation system, like a lot of real-time signage, you know, being able to hail transit buses from your phone via an app. So that's that's what we're working on to make, you know, to utilize the technology that we have to make it basically just easier and more convenient for people to ride the bus. Yeah, you had mentioned that we have a, an app which um, you're just rolling out that you can look on your phone and see where the buses are so you don't have to get there early. Yeah, that is called Transit App. We've actually had that for a few years, but it's gotten better because we've just upgraded the computer technology on our on our bus system and our dispatching system. So it's able to ping our servers in real time and get a more accurate location of where the bus is. So a lot of times you can open the app and you can see the bus coming down the street and that's when you know you need to huff it and get to the bus stop before it before it leaves. So it's a good way to, you know, be able to have all your all the trip information kind of at the tip of your fingertips on your phone instead of having to, you know, thumb through the schedules. Wow, that's really helpful. Well, you know, the other day I was in Sisters and they were talking that they were going to have a transit center being Mm -hmm. built there. I didn't realize there were transit systems outside of Bend. Mm -hmm. Does Redmond have one? Yes, yeah. Redmond has uh, a Redmond Transit Hub that was built about five years ago using a combination of state and federal funding. And then um, it's basically our, our center and our main hub for all the buses that come in from Prineville, coming from Redmond, coming from Madras. So the the individuals who use that quite frequently are the Redmond Proficiency Academy students. So that's a large school in Redmond, and they have kids from all over Central Oregon that use that service. So they're coming in from Madras, they're coming in from Prineville, Warm Springs, even Crooked River Ranch. And we just now have a service between Crooked River Ranch and Redmond that the kids are using to get in there. I mean, imagine being a parent and living in Warm Springs and having to shuttle your kid to school every morning in Madras. That's not going to be easy. So they are very reliant. It's a lifeline for the parents to have that. Our transit system, and, you know, we have probably have 300 kids riding that bus. So it, it does, you know, our routes are really full in the fall and the winter. Um, in the summer, it kind of dies down a little bit without that ridership. But it's it's a good way to support you know, schools in our area and our community partners with that service. And are the schedules set up so that along with proficiency school students, 
for other people to write it, sure. like for work and so mm-hmm. forth? Yep. And is it a regular schedule or does it happen only two or three times a day? How does that work? We're calling them our community connector services. So they're basically fixed routes. So we have we have kind of three different types of services. We have fixed routes and bin, meaning it goes on a schedule and it's, you know, you could look at a timetable and it'll be the same routes and the same stop locations in the same times all the time. We also do that for our regional system, which is our community connectors that come into the Redmond Hub. And then we have a dial-a-ride system that is kind of a call-based, um, like, demand system. So, you know, and those go within our city. So they typically don't leave the city limit. So, you know, a dial-a-ride in Sisters would just kind of go between destinations within Sisters. Uh, we also have a Sisters to Ben shopper shuttle that is every Thursday. Um, and they, you know, people need to call and reserve that. And then going back to the Sisters question, that is called the East Portal Hub. They've been um, purchased some land from the Forest Service that was kind of a little kiosk area on, the, I believe, the west side of town. And they want to turn that into a mobility hub. So we're, you know, actually using some of the statewide transportation improvement fund to help with the design and the transit specific components of that site. And that really sets us up well in the future. We just have a few bus stops right now in Sisters, but having a hub there would, you know, potentially enable us in the future to maybe run some employer and uh, public shuttles up to Hoodoo, you know, similar to what we do for Mount Bachelor. So recreation shuttles are a big part of what CET offers. A lot of people know us for riding the Mount Bachelor shuttle. You know, you don't want to drive in the snowy roads, um, hop on the shuttle, and it'll get you there. And it's it, and in, during the busy months, it's it's very frequent, up to 15 minutes every shuttle. Does the uh, Mount Bachelor pay for it? Th- they do. They, they, they do. Pay yeah, they pay for, for a big portion. We, okay. It's also subsidized um, with a Federal Lands Access Program grant, and that's just basically running transit on corridors that border national forest. So we do have some of that grant fund. It's kind of a, a combination but yes, Mount Bachelor does support that. And in the summer, we do ride the river, which is a very popular shuttle. You see, a lot of times you see the buses with the trailers in town, and that really helps people not, you know, avoid having to shuttle their own cars. So instead of taking two cars downtown and using up all those parking spaces and making it even more congested than it is, they just bring one car and they go to the, the park and float and they hop on the shuttle and they can ride it all day for $4. So it's a really good deal. It's a really great way to get the kids and the families out floating the river in a more sustainable way. Derek, I have to be honest, I have not ridden the buses. I have ridden the uh, the uh, one for the floating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I'm speaking uh, out of turn, but I'm going to introduce a new game on the point. It's the, a new drinking game. It's every time I mention, well, I go to Mexico for the winter and in Mexico, <laughs> so, but I do want to, but, but this I'll is... I'll drink that tequila. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> but this is true. This is what made me want to bring you in is because I do go to Mexico every winter. <laughs> oh, good. That's two tequilas. <laughs> And, you know, I ride the buses there a lot. And the reason, and I think to myself, well, why do I ride the buses here and not back in in Central Oregon in Bend? Because it's the same size community. Mm-hmm. It's a very small community. And um, the reason is because I can walk out and hop on a bus. And if the bus goes by, I can pick one up in five to ten mm-hmm. minutes. And I was looking at your schedule 
and it's every 45 minutes. And I think, you know, and I'm wondering if that's really the downfall or, or if that's the key to a successful transit system is one that is just always operating so that I don't have to think about going, getting on a bus, going to Fred Meyer, getting my groceries, coming back and, uh, and hopping off the bus. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, you know, I think one of the one of the challenges is with our with the labor force for bus drivers, it's it's a it's really difficult to recruit and hire bus drivers right now. And so in an ideal world, we would have more frequent schedules. We've actually had to scale back our frequency of our bin routes. We just added frequency in our bin to Redmond route. So we're kind of going in that direction in terms of um, just putting more more buses on those routes. And we do have a vision and a goal, and it's in the Bend uh, Transportation System Plan, is on our main corridors. So that's where routes one and four go, basically down 97, um, and then also out to St. Charles on the east side to have frequency to be up to just 20 minute. 20 minute service. So we're not quite there yet, but you know, and then I think having some mobility hubs in some different places where you can board and deboard the bus instead of having everything go into Hawthorne station will help us, you know, get off what we call a spoken hub system where every single time you got to go to the other side of town, you've got to stop at Hawthorne station and get off a bus and transfer. So having more direct connections and utilizing these mobility hubs well, I think make you know the trip shorter, less transfers, and just make it a little more feasible to to ride the bus instead of you know hopping in your car and driving. Yeah, so I live on Portland Avenue, Portland and Wall Street, and mm-hmm. I talked about you know if I were needed to go to St. Charles today, how mm-hmm. how would I do that? What would happen? Yeah, so you get on the three, and then you'd have to go back to Hawthorne Station. Right? So three is where. Uh, three is the Newport line, so it goes on Newport. So I'd have to walk over to Newport, mm-hmm. hop on the three, mm-hmm. take it to the uh, Hawthorne, Hawthorne station, station, transfer, take the Hawthorne station out to St. Charles. Yep. And you have three choices there. You could either get on the seven, the five, or the six. All <laughs> of those routes service St. Charles. So five and six just do big loops right around the whole medical center, and then mm-hmm. seven's a straight shot on Greenwood. Right. So you have a lot of different options for getting to the east side of Bend. Right, but I, I would probably hop in my car rather than doing that. I mean, if there was a direct route up uh, to the college all the way to St. Charles and I could hop on it right there at Portland mm-hmm. Avenue, I would mm-hmm. probably be more prone to mm-hmm. go get my medical work, my dental work, and then hop back on the bus and come home. Yep, and we are looking at that. That's called like interlining buses, meaning it'll do a quick stop at Hawthorne, but it just changes the sign number so you don't get off the bus. It just flips the sign and then you're off on another route. So oh. that's part of a kind of a planning process that helps us just be more efficient with our transit service. And I do want to mention that all of our core transit services are currently free. They've been free since the pandemic. So all of our fixed routes, all of our Dollaride, all of our community connectors, those have all been free. Um, the only uh, services where we charge are for the recreation routes, such as Mount Bachelor, Ride the River. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I thought it was great to hear that we have a free system all around town. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. Um, what? How crowded are the buses? Are they? Do they ride empty or you fifty percent? Our ridership, so it went down about fifty percent once COVID hit, mm-hmm. and we're now back pretty much to pre-COVID ridership, which was doing pretty good. I mean, for example, for our Ben routes, just in the month of October, we had thirteen thousand rides. 
in one month. So that's pretty good. Wow. Uh, you know, a lot of people can't afford to drive uh, these days with gas or they can't afford a vehicle. So they're using our bus or they can't afford to live in Bend and they live in Redmond. So they're choosing to take our free service. I mean, it's saving families a lot of money on gas and vehicle expenses by, by using the bus. And I think with, you know, uh, electric bikes and things like that, they're able to make those kind of, we call them first and last mile connections. So they get off maybe the... You know, their stop is a half mile from where they work. They can throw their, you know, have their bike on the bus and they just do the rest of that trip by bike. So, you know, these are things that we encourage, um, try to make it as simple as possible for people to use our system and free. Yes, and free. And free, I know, which is wonderful. So, Carolyn, get your uh, tequila out, but in Mexico. I'm up to three shots of tequila. <laughs> in Mexico, they have little vans that ride. Mm-hmm. They have big buses, mm-hmm. and then in between, little vans called mm-hmm. collectivos, mm-hmm. Uh, so that they don't have to be riding these buses. Mm-hmm. So that that I mean, is that something that's on the plan to augment the road, uh, the ride? So yes, we, that's a great question. We are actually in the process of procuring shorter buses, smaller buses, and vans. And these are Ford Transit vans. It's kind of like your, you know, looks like your Sprinter van that half of Bend has right now. We actually just picked one up from Salem the other day. They've been hard to get. They're in high demand and with the part shortage, you know, they're challenging to to get a hold of. But, you know, and those those vehicles don't require us a commercial driver's license. So we can actually have operators driving those without a commercial driver's license. So that helps us out a lot. And that is the plan. To, and, and we can also do microtransit with those, which is kind of an app-based. It's actually like Uber or Lyft, but using a shared ride system. So it's picking other people up along the way. Uh, the city of Bend and OSU and CET piloted that approach a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, and it was successful. And so we want to return to having that kind of on-demand where it'll take you to the bar, it'll take you to the house, take you to the tequila store, the liquor store, <laughs> wherever you need to go. Whenever you're listening to Friday Point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, and we're getting to that place where we're running out of time. Yes, and are. so, Derek, can, I know that there are some more questions being mm-hmm. stirred in our listeners. How do people find out about the transit system? Well, you can go to our website, Cast cascadeseasttransit.com that has everything you need to know we also have a facebook page a twitter page and download the transit app and that'll show you where your routes are and how to best uh, use the bus to get to your destinations what's it called transit transit app just transit yep. app. You just go plug ahead. it in your uh your google play or your app store and then make sure location services are on and it'll flag you as being in bend and part of our transit network a lot of transit agencies across the country use that it's very popular so you can even use it in other cities you like go to new york yeah maybe, yeah <laughs> Again, yeah. Uh, you, you didn't say it. Okay. okay. This is your Academy Award signal. You got to stop now. All right. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert. For more information and the KPOV program schedule, go to kpov.org. We welcome feedback. Drop us a line at podcast at kpov.org.